if the animals do get ill at housing, something really important is just to make sure that you separate them out from the main group, keep them warm, dry, fed, uh, get them treatment as soon as possible, just so that you don't get the other animals sick, sick as well. They, they, they share an airspace, so anything, if there's a, a bit of a disease in, in the shed, it can very quickly spread. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Natasha Munier, Programme Manager, Beef Health Check with Animal Health Ireland, to discuss top tips for animal health at housing. Natasha, you're very welcome. As the housing of cattle comes round again, farmers' thoughts are turning to parasite control. What are the main parasites that farmers need to consider at housing? So what we're looking at for, for housing, again, is liver fluke, that the lice and mites are the external parasites and, and worms can still be a problem now at the tail end of the season as well. And at this time of year, what worms are most likely causing an issue, Natasha? You know, we, we, we've had a bit of a, a wet summer, so fluke is definitely going to be a problem uh, this this autumn. Um, we also might still have an issue with, with lungworm in some cases and even gut worms or stomach worms. Um, just right up until housing, you know, while they're still on the grass, there's a possibility they can pick these worms up and they, they might be a problem. Um, one of the worms that can cause a problem over winter, one of the, the, the stomach worms is, is called Ostatagia. And, and that worm actually goes into a bit of a dormant phase now as we go into winter and it can cause a massive problem in the spring. So we just have to treat correctly at, at going into housing for that worm as well. Really, Natasha, regardless of which wormers the farmers are treating, timing is key. When is the best time to target treatment on the farm? It just kind of depends on, on what, what's the main problems on, on your specific farm. Um, so, for example, for this Ostatasia worm, this one that goes into the dormant phase, y- you can't use a yellow drench against that one because it just isn't effective. So you then need to be using one of the white or the clear drenches for, for that wormer. But for the timing, if, um, you know, treating in the weeks leading up into housing or at housing, um, and then for fluke, you might need a repeated treatment later later in the housing period. And how soon after would you need a repeat treatment? For the life cycle of the fluke, it depends on, on what type of uh, treatment you're using. Some of the, the treatments are only effective against the adult worms, and it takes about 8 to 12 weeks for the adult worms to develop, um, whereas some of the wormers work against the immature worms as well. So the immature fluke, rather. So if if you treat at housing with something that works against the immatures, then you're probably covered for, for most of the, the housing, for the housing period. But... What happens is that they, those animals um, that might have some immatures, if you're treating with a, a, a flucoside that only works against the adult adult fluke, if you treat with that drug uh, going into housing, then there might be some immatures still present. And what you need to do is follow up about eight to 12 weeks later then just with, with another treatment, waiting for those flukes to develop into adults for that drug to be effective. And in previous years, farmers would have been taking faecal samples of cows for BPS. Natasha, is this something farmers should continue to do for a fluke? I think so. I think it gives you some useful information and, and maybe just, you know, to time it a, a little bit differently. I, I, I know that for the, the BPS scheme, those samples were over, often taken over the summer. But f- fluke, um, when they're producing eggs is usually over the winter time. So it can be useful to do it now at housing, maybe going into housing to see if a treatment's needed, um, perhaps even after a treat, a fluke treatment, just to see that it has actually killed all the adult flukes and that they're no longer producing eggs. That can also be helpful to see. Or even you can wait uh, right and it's uh, about 12 weeks into housing to see 
do you even have fluke on the farm? Do you need to treat it all for the fluke? And after the wet summer that you mentioned, some farmers could be experiencing liver fluke issues on their farm this winter compared to other winters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And uh, this is particularly problematic if there's sheep as well on the farm. Um, so sheep are particularly susceptible to to the immature stages of those 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 flukes. So as those flukes are migrating towards the liver, they can cause massive damage, and and it can actually kill sheep very quickly. So farmers uh, for, for 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 sheep and for young stock, they just need to be really careful now. Uh, just leading up into to housing, avoiding areas that are that, that are wet wherever possible for those younger uh, uh, stock that are a bit more at risk or for sheep, um, because if they pick up a large burden of fluke it can be really detrimental to the animals. And depending on the stock type that's been housed, withdrawal periods for treatments of fluke or worms is very important for finishing stock this time of year. Yeah, so this is important, uh, um, uh, you know, for any medicines that you're using really is the withdrawal period. And what the withdrawal period is, it's essentially just uh, the time it takes for a drug to leave the meat or the milk products that, 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 so that it's safe for human consumption. And when it comes to your flucocides, the, depending on which medicine you're using, this can vary from 13 days to 77 days in, in meat animals. So you just you just need to always just check the label of whatever you're using. Um, make sure that that you know what time are you planning to finish? Um, how many days is that? And, and then how many days for the withdrawal period as well? And rumen fluke is something that farmers have a lot of queries about, particularly in recent years. What are the options really for identifying if there is an issue? And then what are the treatment options? So rumen fluke is. There's, there's actually, to be honest, not, we don't know as much as we'd like to. It's becoming more of a problem. Um, what, what, there's a good chance. The odds are fairly good that your listeners will have rumen fluke on the farm. All right. Especially if they've been, if they took part in the beef scheme, they would have seen, for example, some samples might have come back positive for rumen fluke, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to treat. So for, for most farms, for most, uh, animals, they can handle the, the burden of the rumen fluke fairly well um, without causing any trouble. But if there's, for example, particularly in young stock, that there's a diarrhea, they're not responding to any other treatments or there's no other cause for that, then then they might be looking at, at something like rumen fluke. But for the most for most cases, you probably don't need to treat because the other thing is, even if you see that there are rumen fluke eggs in, in a dung sample that gets sent off for fluke testing, um, those those eggs are being produced by the adult worms, which are sitting in the stomach, and, and those often those, those are well tolerated. Those adults, it's the immatures again of of um, of the fluke that can the, the rumen fluke that can cause problems and cause that diarrhea uh, and 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 problems with young stock. And farmers that are bringing cattle to the factory in the common weeks, Natasha, or have done so recently, they can access the health check report to see if there is a burden on the farm. What are results nationally showing? So the beef health check report, what that um, reports is, is, is three, three main diseases. It looks at, at liver fluke, it looks at liver abscesses, and it looks at pneumonias. And what we're seeing for liver fluke in particular, since we've been recording in 2016, that the liver fluke levels have actually come down in recent years, and they're, and they're fairly low at an animal level. But the thing about fluke is it's very farm specific. You have to have the right conditions for the snail, which is the intermediate host on the farm. So it could be that your neighbor doesn't have fluke, but you do. Um, so definitely in the northwest, uh, there might still be fluke problems. And as we mentioned, this particularly warm, wet summer that we've had, uh, ideal conditions for that snail. 
So just, just to be cautious, even though the levels are low, it might be that there's a few animals are affected, but, but say in the Northwest, there's still 50 to 80% of the herds might still have fluke. Um, but, but yeah, it, it has come down a bit. The, the other thing then that they are seeing then on those health check reports is something like liver abscesses. Um, and for finishing animals, that might just point to something, uh, that, that, that you need to just look at the nutrition, uh, that high pain of nutrition at, at, at going into finishing might, might be problematic. Um, but that's something just to, to chat about with your vet. That's great, Natasha. And I suppose lice are often something of a problem around Christmas or early in the new year if left untreated, dependent, I suppose, on the product that's used. What's the reason for this? So lice and, and mites as well, these external parasites, uh, they absolutely love the conditions that, that are housing. We've got a nice, warm, humid environment with the animals all close together and the lice and mites do really, really well. So what what farmers tend to do is they might treat going into housing um, but then, as you say, you know, a, a few weeks in that, that they have a lice problem again, or that they see that the animals are starting to scratch again, losing a bit of hair and so on. So it, it, if you think that maybe the treatments haven't worked, there could be a few reasons for it. They might just have a lot, a lot of lice and they need a second treatment. The other thing is that the eggs themselves from the, from the parasites, those are not killed by the treatments. So three or four weeks later, you might have these eggs. If there's a lot of eggs, they might start hatching and, and you know, the, the lice problem starts again. The other important thing when treating for lice or mites is to make sure that you're treating the entire group um, where they can come into contact with each other. Because it's, it's very, the, the lice, they, they, they jump from animal to animal if, if, they, if they share the space. Um, so, so just make sure that all the animals are treated. The other thing about lice, though, is that there's two types of lice. So it does make a difference as to which treatments you are using. So a lot of farmers, um, if you use something like a poron product, uh, those work fairly well for what we call the biting or chewing lice. Those are lice that tend to be on the surface. They eat skin debris, so they'll come into contact with those treatments because it's on the skin, it's on the surface. Um, but they don't necessarily come into products that are injectable. Um, and there, there's a there's a second type of louse, the, the sucking lice, and he's the one that'll burrow deep, and and he he actually sucks fluids and blood, and so he'll come into contact with the, the injectable products. But depending on which product you're using, it might look like it's not working. Then depending on the type of lice you have. So if you have a problem that's recurring, sometimes it's good to just get your vet out. Do he does a skin scraping. He can check what type of lice you're dealing with, and just make sure that you get the right product for that for that for that bug. Most definitely, Natasha. And I suppose some farmers will have bought in stock this autumn and they're being housed at the moment. What's the best protocol in that situation? We don't know really the background to the farm or what they've been treated before they arrive on the finishing farm. It's always a good idea just to chat, you know, with, with your vet to see, you know, what diseases do you have on farm um, and to set up some kind of a protocol for, for whenever you buy animals, not only at this time of year. So it's it's always a good idea to have some kind of a quarantine period, um, a period where you're keeping this new animal separate from the main uh, the main group. Now, I realize that that's not always possible, especially at housing. You might only have the one shed. Um, but you, you, you want to just be careful because, you know, the, the fact that you're taking an animal, moving him, transporting him is quite stressful. A- and that means that if he is a bit ill, um, that, that he can then start shedding like viruses or bacteria. I mean, think about yourself. If you travel, uh, a lot of people get a cold or a flu after traveling. It's the same kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's always a good idea if you can just to keep them separate, to keep them quarantined away from the main group. Um, 
but definitely making sure that they get their vaccinations in to get their dosing in depending on 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 uh on on what you what what's recommended for for your specific farm um and and then just to 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 keep those animals um apart where you can for for a few weeks Natasha, you've mentioned a lot there in the last number of minutes in relation to parasite control, flu control and lice control. What tips can farmers do on their farm this winter to maximise performance? So w- one thing that we maybe haven't mentioned that it is, that is a problem around housing is it's got to do with respiratory diseases. Um, and, and vaccination leading up to housing can, can be a, a really good idea, depending on if there's been problems in the past. Um, and they, they obviously, you, you need to, to have, have them all ready to go basically by the time you're putting the animals into housing. Um, but, but, you know, just, just chat to your vet, see, see what, what might have been a problem in the past and see if it's worth vaccinating for certain respiratory diseases. If the animals do get ill at housing, something really important is just to make sure that you separate them out from the main group, keep them warm, dry, fed, uh, get them treatment as soon as possible, just so that you don't get the other animals sick, sick as well. They, they, they share an airspace. So anything, if there's a, a bit of a disease in the, in the shed, it can very quickly spread. Um, and another important point of, around that is just the ventilation in, in, in the house. You know, that, that's, it's, if there's good ventilation, there's a good, movement of air, fresh air coming in all the time, but not drafty so that the young animals get cold or get a chill. Um, so so trying, trying to figure out what is what is the best setup that allows for that. And there are a number of Animal Health Ireland and Chagas events happening around the country that farmers can get details on the Chagas website and the AHI website to where the nearest event is on. It would be lovely if uh, people can come around, learn a little bit more. Just check the websites just to, to, to see which dates and, and which locations are near for yourselves. That's great. Thanks very much, Natasha. Thanks very much, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Natasha for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.